All right. Welcome to the Real Estate Marketing Podcast. My name is Jerome Lewis. I'm your host for today. The Real Estate Marketing Podcast is a podcast where we talk marketing, tech, business, and leadership. We talk these things for real estate agents, real estate investors, and real estate entrepreneurs. The Real Estate Marketing Podcast is a podcast that has two purposes. Purpose number one, to educate and inform our audience and listeners. Purpose number two, Darcy, to spotlight you, your business, your service, or your product in a way that provides value to you, including market exposure and content creation. With that, listen, y'all, I'm very excited. We have a very special guest, Darcy Juarez. Darcy Juarez has spent the last 20 years teaching small business owners and entrepreneurs how to grow their business by creating marketing assets to leverage their time. She has a unique ability to take complicated systems and processes and translate them into simple and easy to follow systems. She was an accomplished Division One athlete playing volleyball at Illinois State University who quickly learned the value of time and how to be efficient and effective in everything she did. Darcy is also a highly successful potter. I just bought some of her pottery, y'all, producing functional pottery. She loves to travel and has been to 22 different countries with a goal to step on all seven continents. Darcy, I'm excited that you're here. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here as well. You're welcome. So uh, you might hear me say it several times, but I'm grateful. I'm appreciative. And I'm, I'm excited that you're here. My first ever uh, podcast episode was because of you. And it's called version one is better than version nine. And I talk about you a lot in that podcast. So I would like to start off with, um, why don't you tell us like how you came up with that quote and why you say that so much? Oh, I probably heard it from somebody or, or grabbed it from something. And I thought it really resonated with, um, really resonated with people who are trying something new for the first time. Uh, and we had started a lot of our implementation coaching and really pushing towards implementation, right? That, that information is good, but it doesn't do us any good if we don't actually implement it. And what holds most people back is, um, trying to, to find that perfection and afraid of, of getting it out there. And, uh, when you put the version one in front of it, it means that there, there can always be a version two, three, four, five, right? I released, uh, first book I ever ghost wrote was, um, under the same, under the, that same guise of like version one, right? I, I knew it was missing things. I knew it could be better as everything can always be better, but, um, I need, I wanted to get it out there. I wanted, it wasn't going to make any money if it was just sitting on a desk or sitting on a computer screen. And so I told him the same thing. I said, we're going to put version one on here and we'll come back and we'll add the things that are missing and we'll get it to a version two. And, you know, $6 million later, $8 million later of coaching services, we've, we just wrote a different book instead of creating version two of it because it was working, right? It doesn't, everything doesn't have to be an A plus, right? You, a C level work, uh, good is good enough. As Dan Kennedy says, uh, there is that spot. And so version one versus version none really kind of resonates with people. Uh, and I love seeing that little light bulb go off and, and people giving themselves the permission to, to, to get things out there and to, you know, and to actually do something. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I remember I, um, uh... So the way I met you, like I, I'm like big on books and the way I met you is I read this book and at the end of this book was a call to action. And it was specifically saying, hey, sign up for the boot camp and then join the coaching. And I like went through everything. And at the time, I did not understand what it is that I was doing. I was like, OK, I believe in what's going on. I'm going to sign up for this coaching. And I did it. Signed up for the coaching. I joined and uh, like my business kind of new at the time. And I met and I met you and I was listening to you. I was like, OK, I have the philosophy. If you sign up for coaching mentorship, anything like that, you do what that coach says. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that you suggested, we were writing like our free reports, right? Reports on how to do things. And you were like, um, 
we used to do books. And you were like, but people took too long. And I was like, oh my God, we used to do books. Well, you know, me, maybe it's part of me being a high achiever or something like that. I was like, I, I want to do a book. Yep. So I did a book and I remember, um, I think you suggested that I translate one of my classes and that's what I did. And I was so worried about the typos. It was like, version one is better than version none. I was like, you know what? She's absolutely right. Let me go out there and let me publish that book. And I published that book, just like what you were saying. I was like, I got version one out and it just went out. Like it went like basically viral, went number one bestseller. And it was bringing me, bringing in all these leads and sales. And I was like, this thing is like not nowhere near perfect, but it was right. working. It was yeah. working. And that's the importance of like what you're saying, like the version one is better than version none. And it took me like months and months and months. And I get comments from people like, oh, Jerome, there's typos in here, but it still helped me. I don't, I don't care. I don't mind. And that's why I really, really resonate with that version one is better than version nine. Yep. Um, one more thing, even a podcast, like you were like, that's another thing. I forget when you recommended, but you like start a podcast. And I was like, okay, I don't know what to talk about. And the first thing that I talked about was my book and how you talked about version one is better than version nine. So. Yep. Love Thank it. you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, so you have like uh, a big part of the reason why I was able to get my book accomplished uh, was because of your book. You were like, I was like, well, how do I write the book or what are some of the things that I should do? And you made suggestions, you made recommendations. And you're like, well, I have a book on that. And <laughs> you recommended that I go get the book and I went to get the book and it like pushed me over the finish line. Can you tell me like what uh, germinated the idea for you to get this book and um, yeah, to publish so this book? It, it's a funny story because the the book is, is how to write a lead generation book in seven days or less. But the, the book itself is not a lead generation book. It's actually a how-to book. Um, and But it was a part of a bigger plan at the time. Because we used to sell, uh, we used to sell like a two-day book writing workshop. And so um, when you get into some high-end coaching, when you get into a lot of that, you are looking for the people who are like, great, I understand what I should do. I just don't want I know I'm not going to go do it by myself. So revealing everything that needs to be done, like that's the big thing in coaching and consulting that people worry. Like if I tell them, if I give them the, the roadmap, if I give them everything that they need to go do, then they're not going to hire me. And what we found really is, is in the last probably 10, 15 years, there's so much information out there. There's so much available that what people are actually looking for is somebody that they resonate with and agree with. And then they're like, great. They want to abdicate that responsibility. They want to give it to somebody else and say, great, do this for me. So the book really, it, I, and that's what I probably had told you was, hey, go get the book. It'll, it'll teach you how to write your own book. You don't need, you don't need me. Right. And then you get the people who want you though. And it's like, great. Can you now do this for me? Um, but its original intention was to drive people into that two-day book writing workshop, which is, I now know what I should do, but I'm never going to sit down and actually do it. I don't have enough self-discipline. But man, if you make me jump on a plane, go to Chicago, sit in a hotel room for two days, and have you kind of hold my hand while you do this, I'm going to that sounds good. So that was the original intention of the book. And then when we were no longer doing those, the book's still there. So it still operates as a very easy um, tool for people to really kind of get started in what it is that that we do in the information marketing world. Yeah. And and what when you recommended that I get the book, I was like, oh, I'm just writing a book. And I didn't even think to write a lead generation book. I took like one of my classes that was very practical and I told them everything to do like in their business. And that's what I did. I didn't even write a lead generation book. And that's what people were telling me. They were like, Jerome, 
I don't want to do it. Can you just do it for me? And I was like, yeah. oh, it still works. Because I put <laughs> yeah. everything in there, like as much as I could. That's still like my uh, the, the book that I put the most effort in and the book that I care about the most. I put everything that I could inside of that book. And uh, I, re I remember you were like, it's okay if you do that. Some people are going to be like, no, thank you. I don't want to do it. Can I hire you or can I buy a course or something like that? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Books have, you know, they have so many different purposes. And I think that's the big thing is what is, what is the purpose of what you want from, if it's, if you're going to write a book, what is the purpose that you want from your book? Is it to, you know, is it to bring in leads? Is it to sell people on your philosophy? Is it to teach something that you already do because you just want to give them that information, right? Oh, is it, you want a memoir, you want to leave a legacy, you want a New York times bestseller. Those all have different purposes and therefore different plans and different ways that they should be written and all that kind of stuff. But in the marketing world, what we're always looking for is a lead generation book. We're looking for it to be the, the best business card we could ever have and a way for people to understand more about us before they've ever met us. Right. And that's one thing I learned. I was like, man, uh, I learned it when I joined the coaching and I'm like, everybody needs to like do a book. And I went out and I was like, you need a book. You need a book. You need a book. Everybody needs a book. Uh, can you like talk about like the importance of having that book uh, for business owners? And do you agree that like maybe not every business, but it really helps. Can you talk about that and give perspective on it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm just a, I'm a bigger, big believer, but I mean, there's a, there's a, a, a much larger strategy in play. And that is that people are always looking for somebody they're looking for an expert that they trust. Um, and it's regardless of what we're looking for. If I'm looking for, you know, a home contractor, if I'm looking for an attorney, if I'm looking for a real estate agent, if I'm looking for a mortgage broker, I mean, it really doesn't matter because what we are, what we're all looking for is somebody, right? Because we're not the expert in that. So most of us want to hire the best or, or know that there's value in, in what they're doing. And what happens, I mean, from a bigger marketing strategy, right, is that the first thing we do, let's say I want to remodel my bathroom. The first thing I do is start calling contractors. And the first thing they want to do is, great, we'll come out and do an estimate. Okay, well, this is the first time I've ever remodeled, right? Um, I have no idea. Like, I've got all these questions or I don't even know. So when you hand me an estimate, I have no idea if this is a good estimate, a bad estimate, if I'm if it's too much, if it's too little. And so without a lot of other criteria, the, the only thing people know how to judge on is price. Here's the two quotes I got, two estimates I got. This one's cheaper. Therefore, I go with the cheaper because I have no idea. I don't know what materials go into a bathroom remodel. I don't know like all the stuff. I don't know how to go shop for a new home. I don't know what goes into a real estate contract. Like I don't know all of that. And so the we're everybody mo, everybody most people are looking for an expert. And when we go to look for an expert, there are certain symbols that experts have that we as a population as humans we bestow upon people um who who have these symbols and we bestow the label of expert on them well one of those is they have a book uh you know you can ask in any field and everybody'll tell you that man that person who wrote the book yeah but they're really not a great financial planner yeah they're not the best you know doctor they're not the best whatever they were just the one that was on oprah or on some tv show or whatever but as a human as a prospect we have no idea. The only thing we know is, man, they have a book and Oprah's talking to them and they're on this radio show and they're on this TV show. They must know what they are talking about. And so we as marketers, and we can model the, the things that other people have that, that say that. And I always tell people, look, look, 
here's the deal to write a book. It takes a while. You need a lot. The reason we'd gone down to reports and not books is because most people didn't, couldn't provide enough information to make their way all the way up to a book. And so a report was a, a good bridge to get there. And, um, cause you need to be able to talk on your subject for at least three to four hours to be able to write a decent sized book. But if you can, no prospect is going to give you three to four hours to be able to tell them everything, you know, about real estate, to tell them everything, you know, about, uh, you know, remodeling. And this is something you've been doing for five, 10, 15, 20 years. I mean, you know what you're doing, but the prospect isn't going to give you that much time. So they're going to give you the 15, 20 minutes. They're going to ask for the estimate. They're going to ask, what does it cost? And so a book allows you to leave the world's best business card. And for those that actually read the entire book, you just, they just gave you three to four hours of their time to be able to consume all that information and all that expertise that you have. For those that may not read the entire thing, maybe just the fact that you have your name on a book cover is enough to be like, man, this person has to know what they're talking about. They have a book. Some people will read the table of contents. Some people will read the first three chapters. Some will skim through the whole thing, right? So there's, it, it's all important, but it, it's got a bigger play in this bigger picture of, I want to position myself as the expert that I am. And I want people to draw these conclusions and I want people to know these things about me. So therefore that's what I'm going to put in front of them. And one of those things might be a book. Thank you. And, um, I want to talk about which do I want to talk about? All right. I want to talk about like the shock and all, right. Which, uh, like, can you talk about like how the book plays into that? Yeah. So there's another, another asset, right? So I'm very big on building what we call marketing assets. And these are tools that can get used over and over and over again. And so um, the shock and awe is just, it's a way to show up to a prospect um, to really shock and awe them. So, right. So I learned this from Dan Kennedy uh, and in, when he tells the story, it's, um, it was uh, during the Iraq war and general Schwarzkopf um, said, we're going to shock and awe them. Right. And like, that's the thing that kind of, that, that really stuck in his mind. And it was, we've got to show up like nobody else and we've got to shock them and we've got to awe them. So if everybody else is dropping off a business card, right. Or a fancy brochure, I want to come with all of this information. And it was, it was funny because as I'm trying to find a contractor or trying to do some of this stuff, I was just telling one this morning, I'm like, all I wanted was somebody to provide me with a shock and awe. I wanted somebody to give me all this information. Now that I know I have this problem, I I want I don't want to spend hours and hours on Google and going all over the place with this information that's all available. I want an expert. I want somebody who knows what they're talking about to provide me with that. And so the shock and awe allows you to really be, it's like a salesperson in a in a box, right? And so it allows you to show up with all of the all of the tools that a prospect would need to one see you as a position you as and see you as the trusted expert you know two to overcome their objections before they have them right so answering the questions in a non-biased and an educational way um and positioning yourself as the only choice for them so if you know who your competitors are if you know what their, you know, selling mechanisms are how they position and do that, right? You can have it in your shock and on, you can have ways to basically diffuse that and show that you are really the only person and you are the best option for them. So when you meet with them, they're already like at an eight, nine or 10 in a readiness level to be able to work with you. And usually all they then need to do is 
meet the human and re-ask a couple of their questions to get the same answers, right? And so it shortens the sales cycle. It makes for those of us that don't like a lot of like heavy sales, it makes it easy because it's just like, hey, are you ready to get started? When Or when should we get started? Instead of this whole big long, I need to have this like wholesale script memorized. So it's one of my favorite tools. The book then goes in there as, as that positioning tool, as that, let me show you, I am the expert in this, I've written this book or this book. And um, for those of us that are in coaching and consulting, it might map out our philosophy or what we are coaching on. So here's my five-step process on how to grow a business, or here's my five-step process in selling a home or in buying a home, right? And so the prospect has the opportunity to go through all this and be like, oh, I agree with this person. They get to resonate. They get to find the affinity and say, you know what? This is my person and this is who I want to go with. Thank you. Uh, speaking of, uh, so you have this one book. Where can we get this? How can we purchase that this That one's book? on Amazon. Okay. Then we have this one, which I like went through like the next day. Um, and I want you to talk about, um, I want you to tell the story because you, you're like, I've released it and it wasn't perfect. So I want you to tell that story so people can understand like, like how important that is not for it to be perfect. And then I want to talk about like some of what's in the book. Okay. So I'd set myself a deadline, right? Um, I'd set myself a deadline of about a month. Uh, and the other one, by the way, it says you can write a lead generation book in seven days. So I, let me define the seven days. Right. And so that was eight hours a day. If I did seven days of work, that'd be 56 hours. Most books take about 40 to 50 hours to write. So you can sit down and you can write them all in consecutive seven days, or you can do it like over, you know, seven Saturdays. And so that's kind of what I'd given myself was like seven Saturdays. And I had, um, an event that I was speaking at. And so I was like, man, I really want to have this book beforehand because it's going to be much easier to explain to people. Here's what I was talking about. Here's a book that will like go through all that. So I gave that like deadline to myself. Uh, and so I, I did, I got it done, but it wasn't going to have time to go to a proofreader. It wasn't going to have time to uh, be edited and all, all of the you know fun stuff, but I could get it printed. I could get it with me and I could bring it to the event and I had it there. And so it was going to mean more to have the book there. So that's what I did. Then I always have to tell the apology story because my mother's an English teacher, my sister's a history teacher, and it just mortified them that I would publish this book. So now like a little bit out of that, I still have not, it's been proofread. Uh, I still just, I have not uploaded it to Amazon. So the newer version is not there yet. So, uh, so this is the fun family drama that I like to create and just say, well, I don't know, but it makes me money. So. All right. We'll and the that. subject is five ways to double your business in 90 days or less. Do you remember all, do you remember each topic that you talk about or should I read them off or? Oh, you're right. That's a, okay. So I know one is, they may be out of order, right? I know one is mm -hmm. that you turn every dollar into $2. Okay. Um, uh, I'll it, read them to you. Okay. Go ahead. I was like, I know. Yeah, I know so we got, we got them right here. I got, uh, first it starts off with the blueprint. Then it says double down on your key leverage points. Yes. Then we've got to turn every dollar, turn, turn every, every dollar into two differentiate yep. or die. The fortune is in the follow-up and give them more to buy and make it easy. Is that five? Is that them? I didn't write them down as you said it. I think so. All right. So um, let's talk about double down on your key leverage points. Can you tell us about that a little bit? Uh, so, yeah. So it is, um, it is that in every business, right? So when we when we decide, so this is how I think we become so overwhelmed is there are so many options of what we can do, 
right? And you go to another seminar, you listen to another podcast, you're like, oh man, I need to do that, right? Whatever they were talking about, because it sounds great and it's so good. But when you look at your business and you look at its key leverage points and you start to then determine these things that I want to do, where are they going to have the biggest impact in the fastest amount of time? So if I'm a speaker or I'm somewhere, right? The book is one of those leverage points because if I put a a concerted effort towards getting that book out in the next 30 to 60 days, that then that asset is going to work for me for years to come, right? And then I can go focus on another leverage point. But if I'm a speaker and I'm out there and I'm going to be on a stage or I'm going to be on podcasts or I'm going to be on these things, right? That becomes a key leverage point because it's like the springboard to everything else. So therefore writing a book might be the best thing that I can do. It might be one of those key leverage points for me. If I'm never on those things, the book might be the, this would be great. I'd love to have it. It can become a part of my shock and awe. It can be just, but what I really need is my lead generation piece because that's what I don't have, right? So that becomes my key leverage point. Um, and that becomes more important than the book. And so when you give your, when you look at your business this way, and in the book, I, I walk through mapping it all out and kind of figuring out what those key leverage points are and helping people kind of hone in on what that is for them. But when you know what that is, then you create your to-do list or your, you know, your, um, your weekly or monthly kind of goals. And you just start checking them off based on those key leverage points, because you will, they have, they're weighted differently. They will have a bigger impact on your business when you start working with the ones. But what we tend to do is we tend to work the ones that have the least amount of leverage um, or, or provide us with the least amount of long-term stability in our business. Um, but we jump straight to them or we jump around and around and around and we never actually get any one thing done. I always tell people, right, if you just did one thing a month, that'd be 12 things this year. But if you did, if all 12 of those were true assets to your business that were could be used over and over and over again, that means next year you already have 12 of these in place. Then you create another 12. Now we have 24, right? And that's how we really snowball. And that's how we grow a business uh, very, very quickly. Uh, because if we just try and do everything or be everything to everybody, there's, you just, you end up with nothing. So that's Thank the, sharing that. doubling down. The next, the next um, part that I want to, I want to, Give the quote first, right? So Dan Kennedy says the 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 person that's willing to invest, right? We're using invest now, right? The person that's willing to invest the most money, the most money into a customer. Am, am I saying it correctly? Can you say yes. it? And then can you talk about uh, turning every marketing dollar into two dollars? Sure. So yeah. so uh, yeah, the person who is willing to invest or spend the most to acquire a new customer will win. Um, and what most people do is that they try and spend the least amount. How do I lower my Facebook ads costs, right? How do I lower my advertising costs? It's costing me too much to get a new customer or a new lead. But when you flip your thinking on that um, and you figure out how you can afford, how you can invest. So, so once they become a customer, what they are worth, how much they're going to spend, their transaction value, what happens in the first 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, the year, right? How quickly I can move them up, how quickly they will make a second purchase, how quickly they will uh, they will do more with me. All of those things affect 
how much I can actually spend to get a new customer. And smart marketers will look at those things and instead of they will balance the trying to lower that cost or pay the least amount to what do I need to spend to get the right customer? Because normally the cheap customers, the ones that come off of the cheapest leads, the fat, the, the, are not necessarily your most profitable. And so when we start to look at what makes a profitable customer, when we start to look at what uh, all of those different things, it changes what we look at and how much we're willing to spend to get that name, right? So there's a lot that kind of goes into that. But when you start thinking about it that way, it really changes who you're attracting, how you're attracting them, and then what you're doing. And so the turning every dollar into two dollars, because the thing is that in most biz, small businesses, if I walk in there um, who have not been immersed in a direct response world, they are going straight for the sale. So they might have a great way of getting somebody to say yes to whatever it is that they are selling. But there's only three, there's only like one to three percent of the population that is ever ready right now to buy what it is that you are selling. Like at this moment, when you're out there putting your ad out, there are only one to three. Um, if we're talking real estate agents, right? There's only one to 3% who are actually ready to sell their house today to sign that contract. But there are a lot of people that are thinking about it. Like, you know, the house is kind of small. Maybe we should move. Uh, we're planning to have more kit. Maybe we should start thinking about this, right? So there, it starts to expand your universe when you start to look at the people who are thinking about, who uh, may not realize that they have a problem, but they have the symptoms of a problem, right? And so when you start talking to those people as well, you expand your own pool. So I was explaining this to somebody else the other day. If right now you are you are casting a fishing line into an ocean to get a buyer, to get somebody to say, I'm ready today. So this is big, wide ocean. Um, and I'm not really a fisherman, but because it would, I don't think I could sit there all day and wait for a fish to bite, like, and it takes four to six, eight hours. And sometimes you come home with nothing. But if you think about turning $1 into $2 is a, is a way to take the fishing and get them to hop over into the smaller little pond that I have. And I'm going to stock that pond with my exact fish, the only fish that I like to eat or whatever I want to do, right? So I'm going to stock my whole pond with it. Then when I'm ready to go fishing, instead of fishing in that big, wide open ocean, I go fishing in that pond. Well, what are the chances that I'm going to catch more fish if I'm fishing in a tiny little pond? And what are the chances that I'm going to catch the exact fish that I want if I've stocked that pond with it? So what I what I like one of the one of the ways to do this quickly is to look at your business and say, okay, this is the way that I attract and convert clients today or customers today. So in one of the examples, um, a client of mine had an ad or uh, sorry, a letter that they would send out. This is what fueled their entire business, and people would call from this letter. And I said at the very end of the letter, all I want you to do is I want you to put at the bottom of that, P.S. If you're not ready to call me today. I want you to go get my newest free report. And then we inserted a title of a free report that that person was, would want, right? And it doubled their number of customers because what happened was they got the same number of people to call who had always been calling, but now they got another percentage of people who were not quite ready yet to at least request that report. Then through their follow-up of that report, they were able to convert 
a percentage of those into customers, thereby doubling from the same letter they were mailing to the same list they'd been mailing, doubling the response uh, or the conversion percentage of those into customers. And so you take the same marketing dollar you were already spending, but now you're getting twice as many people. Therefore, I've turned every dollar into two. Thank you. Uh, differentiate or die. And to see a sameness, you are a commodity. Can you help us understand that? Yeah, right. So we've been programmed and part of this is out of um, survival. We as humans have been programmed to conform, to be like other people, because if we stuck out right in a pack and you were just pushed out and try and survive in the wilderness without any support. Right. So we we had been we've been innately your nature has had us wanting to like conform. But when you are marketing, when somebody is going to choose you, that's the last thing we want. Uh, because we don't want to be like everybody else. If we're going to be like everybody else, we're also going to be paid what everybody else is paid. We're going to make what everybody else makes, right? We're going to get what everybody else gets. And most often, if you're out there searching for a better answer, then you don't want what everybody else has. And when a prospect is trying to make a decision, again, if I go back to on the, uh, if they have nothing else to ask about, if they know nothing else, the only thing they know, the only question they know how to ask is price. And they're going to compare you against everybody else. And if everybody is saying the same things and their websites all look the same and their marketing material all looks the same. I mean, I laugh like in the real estate world, I can open up my mailbox one day and I can have three or four letters and they're literally the same letter with a different name on the bottom. I'm in a highly densely populated area of Chicago, right? But like, really, nothing is different. So how am I supposed to choose a real estate agent Price. if they all look exactly the same? Well, then the only thing I have to base this off of is how much is this going to cost me? And then if they all give the same quote, it's going to be, well, which one do I like more? So in the, what we're looking for are what are those ways in which you can differentiate yourself, that you can show up differently, that you can be differently right? That you can be different, that you can be different from everybody else, that you can show that you have more value. If you would not like to be paid what everybody else is paid, then you have to show why you are providing more value, why it is worth it for them to pay more for you. And so there's a lot of, of ways of going about doing that. But the biggest thing is that everybody needs to needs to answer, be able to answer Dan's biggest question, which is, um, why should I, your prospect, choose to do business with you versus any and every other prospect any and every other option that is available to me including doing nothing because the other thing that happens is with all the information out there with everything that's available i get so overwhelmed as a prospect that my answer then is you know what i'm just i'm just not going to do it i mean i personally i've been needing to hire an electrician for a year and a half now one would think that's actually not a hard thing to do, but the, like the there are a million and one options. Where am I supposed to go? How am I supposed to know who's good? What am I supposed to pay them? Who am I going to let in the house? Right? All these same questions. And so what happens is I just haven't done it. I've chosen to do nothing. Nobody else, nobody has stuck out well enough to, to get me up off of a couch and choose nothing. So let alone choose them over everybody, all of their other competition. So that's what we're talking about when we talk about differentiation.
Thank you. Uh, the, so when I like published my book and I was doing the research, I did like initially it was called like remarketing and I played on like following up. Like that was the purpose of it. So your next like topic is like the fortune is in the, the fortune is, is in the follow up. And that's what I realized, too. I was like, oh, my God, like a big part of the problem is that people are just not following up. Like they'll yeah. generate the lead or they'll have the conversation or they'll reach out one time. But the big thing is like they're not following up. So can you talk about that? Sure. Um, I was just talking with a client the other day and was saying, like, let's just think about it. Right. In the last 30 days. Again, it's been 18 months. Let's use my electric. Let's use my electrician as an example again. 18 months. And every once in a while, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I still want that ceiling fan hung up. Right. Oh, OK, well, well let's go back to doing this. So let's just say I reached out. I asked a bunch of people for referrals. I got a referral. I reached out to an electrician. Well, me personally, in the last 30 days, I've been dealing with mold remediation in my house. Then we've got different contractors. Oh, the association decided they were going to install the front door. So now I've had to have somebody else installing a front door. Um, I had to move out of my house for like two weeks. I had um, taxes were due. Um, I've had... Uh, a family emergency, right? These are all the things in the last 30 days. So from when I raised my hand to that electrician, let's say, and reached out, all of these other things happened. Well, hanging a ceiling fan now went to the bottom of the list of all these other things. In the electrician's world, I asked for this. I didn't say yes. So therefore, I must not want the services anymore. Well, no, I just got busy. Life happened wasn't an emergency. So therefore life happened. Other things went in their way. And so most people write off their prospects or write off people who may have called. Um, I had another contractor. I had to hound them to get an estimate. Right. And then they've never followed up once. Now, in, if we were to go ask them what happened to all of those leads, all those estimates that never became clients. Oh, well, the price was too high or they uh, they never called us back. Right. Like and you. No, no they're still there. They needed to have this work done. They are still looking for that solution. They just haven't found the right one or haven't said yes to them yet. And so most marketers, most business owners give up way too soon on people um, because they think that, man, this didn't happen in the five days. So therefore they don't want, they don't want to do this. And so the, the, um, most expensive part is getting that name is getting that lead, whether it's, you know, the listing presentation or a phone conversation or an email exchange or whatever that is, that initial thing is going to be the most expensive. The follow-up, the staying in front of them constantly until they've made a decision and you don't know when they're going to make that decision, that is that costs the least amount. And so when we create these, I always create systems because I'm very bad at having to remember to do things over and over and over again. So I create systems so that the system does it over and over and over again. But when the system then does all that follow-up and stays in front of them and creates ways to show up, right? You can create business out of what you had written off before. So we just give up too soon on prospects is the big key. Thank you. Give them more to buy and make it easy. Tell yeah. us about that. So um, a buyer is a buyer is a buyer. Uh, and I always think that I always said the pandemic really proved this, right? When they took away all of our ability to buy because you couldn't go to a store, you couldn't do this, right? I mean, if I could have insight into like Amazon's numbers, my God. But I can tell you by like watching the trucks driving around here. So nobody could go anywhere. But man, Amazon could deliver and people could buy, right? And so people won't stop buying. 
And so if they're not buying from you, they are buying from somebody else. And so depending on your business and what you do, you really want to find ways. What are, what are, and, and your, your customers desire to buy more will always be higher than your ability to provide for more for them to buy. So you cannot keep up at the rate at which they want to buy. That's pretty much guaranteed. Uh, but if you're doing nothing, if you're creating no other ways for them to buy, then they're going to buy from somebody else. But once they've bought from you, and if you've done a good job and you have become the expert that they have been looking for, and they do now trust you, they would rather buy from you than to have to go find somebody else. And so if you're in a business where, because I always get this from real estate agents, right? Well, people aren't buying houses like every other day. Uh, they can't, they aren't just going on Amazon and buying a house today, right? So, uh, but if you become that trusted advisor, they are looking for to you for all of their answers. See, if I had that trusted advisor where I could just go, hey, I need an electrician. And that was an easy process. I'd have had an electrician out here 18 months ago. So we want to think you can become the radio frequency, the radio tower by which everybody else like comes off of, right? You can be that person and you can create different relationships in different ways in which you get paid. It doesn't always have to be from your customer. You can get paid from other people. You can create joint venture relationships where, hey, I'm going to send all my people to you. Here's how that relationship's going to work. So there's a lot of different ways that you can uh, that you can do that even if you don't think you have the products or services for that. But if you're in a business where you have additional products and services that you can be selling them, you've got to start working that in because it's it's almost like easy money. It's the fastest way to make more money uh, is to is to start offering people more. And 20% upwards of, or up to 20% of the population is ready to instantly will say yes to something bigger and better and higher. So this is why VIP status has come about. This is why you you know people will pay to be first on an airplane. Uh, people will pay for the aisle seats, right? People will pay for this stuff because up to twenty percent of the population will always want to take the higher level or the higher thing that they are offered. So we can create tiers. We can create different ways in which uh, we let those people we let those people choose and we let those people decide who they are uh, and. And it helps us as the business owner or as the marketer to be able to do that. And so uh, finding ways in which people can buy more from us. Thank you. Uh, so that was everything in the book. I want to ask you, uh, what is your best advice or input for someone that is struggling with like implementation in their business? So I think, well, I think we go back to number one, the leverage point, right? So one, um, taking away a lot of the distraction of the new shiny thing, the next thing, like, cause there's all, I guarantee you, like, look, I'm always like, man, if I just had that, right. Or, oh, if I just learned this next thing and this next thing is next thing, that's never going away, especially if you are a high achieving person, because there's always going to be something better. There's always going to be a way to improve it. But if you start looking at it from those leverage standpoints as to which one's going to have the biggest impact in my business the fastest, uh, that's, you know, one way. Uh, the second is to uh, is to find, um, find somebody who's done it before, right? Find a mentor, find a coach, find somebody who has gone through it before you, because 
they've already either experienced all of the mistakes or can see things that you might not be able to see. So you always have two choices. You can kind of go at it and figure it out and, you know, do it yourself and watch the YouTube videos and like that type of a thing. Or you can leapfrog it and go and follow somebody who has done it before. Um, And there's, you know, a million and one ways to find people like that to do that with. But I think those are your two options. And so, um, And then the third is like an accountability group is a group of people that you can make a commitment to. If that's the type of person you are, make a commitment that here's just the one thing and start thinking about it as the one thing. What's the one thing I can do today that will start to knock over the domino? Um, I just did an interview with somebody who said, you know, like when he was starting with all of this and so busy working in his business, um, and how was he going to put all this marketing into play at these things that he'd been learning. And so all he did was spend one hour every day before he went and did the doing of the job that he was doing. He spent one hour a day marketing. And so he made himself a list like that might be, I'm going to write my blog post today, or I'm going to send a letter to my customers, or I'm going to do whatever. And that's that gave him, even if you only did it over the weekend or the weekdays, that gave you five hours spent on just marketing the business. And he would focus on doing one thing and one thing only each morning. Um, And before he knew it, he had a machine and he started to really snowball this in. And then he could pull himself off of doing the business and he could focus more in on marketing the business. Darcy, I appreciate you. Thank you for your time. Uh, What is the best way someone can learn to like get in touch with you or take up like the coaching? Like people know that you're my coach. Like what's the best way for them to discover uh, that? Yeah. So that's all done through magnetic marketing. So magneticmarketing.com. And I really suggest that you, you know, that they get the most incredible free gift, um, and read that book that you showed at the very beginning, the magnetic marketing book. Um, and then, uh, and, and yep, and take the take the most incredible free gift, and then that you know I would love to have anybody in the coaching program who who is liking what they are hearing here. Um, but yeah, that would probably be the best way. All right, Darcy, I appreciate you so much. Um, how can people learn from you? Like you got like a website. I bought some of your pottery. You want to tell us about that? <laughs> but yeah, my, I, and I'm really bad, right? As a marketer, the or the what is it? The the cobbler's kids have no shoes. Um, so I appreciate you buying the potter. Yeah. That's always been just my distract myself, uh, and do that. But, um, I, I, I don't really have a website. It's just Darcy, but it is darcywarez.com. Um, and the two books you showed are on Amazon. And I really just hope they help anybody who is, who's trying to grow their business. It helped me. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for your time, Darcy. You are welcome. Thank you. Yep. Absolutely. Jerome Lewis. Jerome Lewis. Jerome Lewis. Jerome Lewis. Jerome Lewis. Jerome Lewis as my guy. I met him at a real estate meetup and, you know, uh, I knew some stuff about real estate and sure enough, you know, just being around him has been a blessing. He's connected me with plenty of coaches that I basically learned and grew in this business and now I am a published author and speaker of three books. Here's my first book, The Sold. You probably can't see it because it's like, uh, it's a little bit, you know, like reversed, but this is basically Sold, The Home Seller's Advantage, um, The Guide to Unlocking, a success, uh, the, secrets to, uh, the Secrets to a Successful Property Sale. And also my other book, if you've seen the other review, you could see that it was my terms book. This is the new version of my terms book, The Part-Time Real Estate Investors 
guide to selling your house on terms the wealthy way, right? And also the part-time real estate investor's guide to finding off-market uh, Google, basically deals with Google ads, okay? So I have three published books, um, at least concerning real estate, but I'm actually a five-time published author, huh, right? So if you're frustrated, if you're challenged, if you don't even know where to start, click the link below, connect with Jerome because he is truly an implementer. Why do I know this? Because time and time again, when I get stuck, there's only one person I'm gonna call when I'm about to launch a book, and it is truly Jerome. Jerome, I'm so excited. Thank you so much for helping me. And I love using your three-step approach to launching books, taking them from a lead magnet, taking them from conception, and turning them into a physical book and being able to self-publish. Um, this book that I can't wait to uh, start reading, it is um, Real Estate Marketing, an insider's secret of successful advertising, lead generation, and marketing implementation for real estate entrepreneurs. And it's written by my pal, Jerome Lewis, who works for eXp Realty. And I have been um, fortunate enough to do some trainings with him in my brokerage. And he's a great resource, really knowledgeable as far as like Facebook ads and uh, Facebook marketing. I want to give a huge shout out to Jerome, Mr. Implementation, because he's helped me so much. I, I haven't been on the call today, but I get on a call with him every week. And he just pushes you so hard. You know, so I he made me publish a book on Amazon, and yeah, I'm really happy with that. And he's he's got like all the resources better than Chat GTP. Jerome, Mr. Resource, Mr. Implementation. Uh, thank you, Jerome, for just always showing up and being a major player in these calls. You got you got my book. I do have your book. Okay. Pull it out. Yeah. So Jerome, I want to thank you so much for making me take imperfect action. And I want to give proof of what is possible. I sold 166 copies of that book in 15 days. So now you have one of the first 200 copies with an error, which is worth more money. So it is worth that. more. That's, I, that's, that's amazing. Uh, so you have you gotten any complaints or? No, no. <laughs> Wow. Okay. I'm like, what do you mean it doesn't say guitarist? Yeah. Yeah. It it's, says it's still valuable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's still valuable. It's like, no, you know, like it's not perfect. So that's what exactly. I appreciate. Like, that's, that's thank you for I sharing it. I had the unique opportunity of working with Jerome Lewis during one of his book writing workshops. I walked in with an idea and I walked out with a complete full manuscript. And three days later, I was holding a physical copy of my first published book. The stress reapers. I would definitely recommend 10 out of 10. His implementation, accountability, and simple steps will help you get over the hump that you need to succeed. I just wrapped up attending the book funnel workshop with Jerome and Liana. It was just epiphany after epiphany. Each one gave birth to more potentials, taking me to the threshold of my comfort zone at times trying to keep up. I literally wrote an entire book in under two hours. And now I have a clear blueprint for marketing and selling my services. Thank you, Jerome, Mr. Implementation. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jerome. Jerome, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you.